another Wednesday already. Can you believe that? What is going on, Kim? How are you? I am good. I feel like it's been forever since we've been here because I feel like we've had such a long week. But at the same time, I'm like, and we're back. We've had a crazy couple of weeks. Uh, we we got to meet each other in person for the first time, which was incredible. Uh, Kim is just as delightful in person as she is on the internet. So uh, for all of you who are wondering if Kim is actually this sweet in person, the answer is yes. So, oh, and so, if you uh, guys want to know if Zach is that sarcastic, I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so... It is Wednesday once again. That means one thing. It is time for Money Hungry. Uh, guys, we have a killer show. I'm excited. Uh, we have a really incredible guest uh, today. Uh, we are fortunate enough to have uh, Bryce Bennett, the CEO of Solo, with us today. Um, he is going to be sharing some numbers and having a conversation about gig work in general. But Kim, I'm really excited to uh, harass you about those numbers. I had a chance to look at some of those, sli- uh, some oh. of those slides. Uh, we're going to talk about a person who was attacked by a driver instead of the other way around this time. So that's that's interesting. Uh, we're going to discuss if the new delivery fees on DoorDash are hurting drivers and the customers in general. So uh, we're also going to have a conversation about whether DoorDash is, uh, is bragging, bragging about $1 base pay. Uh, a driver had their car stolen, which unfortunately isn't necessarily unusual, but it's who stole the car. That makes it interesting. And we're also going to discuss GigCon. So uh, jam-packed show. Uh, I am stoked to bring on our special guest. Kim, why don't you go ahead and introduce this gentleman? Yeah, absolutely. So our special guest today is Bryce Bennett, CEO of Solo. Um, I feel like every gig worker at this point should have Solo. I know, as I'm short. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like every person should have Solo at this point. And if you don't have Solo, you should definitely look into it. The link is in the description of this live today. But without further ado, I'm going to bring on Bryce because he can probably tell you all about himself and all about solo which is why he is here today but i'm just so super excited we were talking beforehand i'm like i feel as though like we already know bryce because we were talking to him just a couple days ago so with that being said welcome bryce bennett how are you hey kim hey zach how's it going uh i know we we i saw you guys just uh five what five days ago in in denver so it uh yeah it was it was awesome to meet in person as well as uh you know meet a bunch of the other creators uh in this uh community so uh GitCon, i know you're going to talk about it at the end but uh, a ton of fun last week we had a great time it was fantastic meeting you uh gemma the entire crew there so actually i see uh cray cray in the comments it was great meeting her and cray cray thank you so much for the yeah, super chat put this up real quick you're awesome <laughs> thank you cray cray <laughs> so awesome appreciate you wearing the shirts as well yeah that's, no it's, uh, yeah that's a yeah, yeah very nice of you obviously a little denver theme there for the gig con so this is actually a really good shirt it's like <laughs> this isn't like cheap like this this is like a substantial shirt this will last for years so thank good, you good good we try to put out good quality swag right so well not only that you also put out a good quality app so yeah, why, why don't we talk about that for a little bit what what was the idea behind what what prompted you to start solo run us run us through that happen how that happened yeah and i know i've had a chance that kim i enjoyed uh, joining your show it feels like it wasn't that long ago but back in december of last year and we talked a bit about you know background and genesis for why we're we started solo and so um you know excited to share it again i I think for us uh you know and uh, we're pretty open about this i used to work at uber uber corporate uh you know 2012 to 2017 uh, it was a different company then. It was very small. There was like 150 people. Um, and my job at that time was to actually open the office every day uh, to uh, drivers, limo uh, and town car drivers, actually. Um, and so uh, we didn't even have UberX. And I had the chance to meet you know, the first couple thousand drivers here in Seattle. Uh, I got to know them, understand why they were doing this job, understand why they were leaving other jobs to pick up this work. Uh, and, um, you know, it's just really inspiring. And so, uh, you got to hear all the good and the bad, of course, of what was working and what wasn't. And, uh, you know, fast forward about, uh, eight years from when I joined, uh, 
uh, Uber back in the day, we started solo in late 2020 and, and eventually released our mobile app about a year and a half ago. And so, you know, some of the things we heard about from workers that we wanted to try to solve was, uh, you know, you kind of have three kinds of problems. You've got your daily problem, which is which job should I work? You know, when should I work and, and how much am I going to make? Uh, the second kind of set of challenges and problems you have when you go into business for yourself is, uh, you know, I got to track income across different jobs. I got to think about my expenses. I got to deduct my miles. I got to think about how much in tax I might owe at the end of the year because we're not a W-2 employee. And then the last part, of course, is actually doing those taxes. And, and we can help in all three of those segments um, today with the solo app. And so, you know, the, the concept is here is we think, or the, the spirit of it is that, you know, we think people that go into business for themselves are uh, some of the bravest, most, you know, courageous people when it comes to our workforce. But for a long time, they just haven't been given the tools and the support to do it in a way that's, you know, going to embrace that flexibility while also giving them stability. So, I, sorry, I'll go. I could go on, but I'll, I'll stop there for a second. But that was the. There's a lot of genesis behind behind why we started Solo. Well, you kind of hit the nail on the head there. The the gig worker community is very underserved as as far as anything, any sort of like financial help or you know, it's just people find out we're gig workers and, and it's kind of like, Oh, like we got to kind of back off a little bit. You know, I, I know people who have had a hard time getting car loans and, and yeah. stuff like that. Income verification, it can be a nightmare. So, you know, props to you for stepping up and, and helping a really serving is the right word, uh, a group of otherwise underserved people. So yeah, I, I really appreciate that. And, and I think it is one of those things that when we were, uh, at Uber and, and later con uh, Convoy, we, we talked a lot about how much like, hey, we should bring more of these tools, the software, uh, the data, the transparency to the worker. And if they had that, they could make a lot better decisions, you know, uh, in their day-to-day -day life around their finances, around their work. And so uh, I know sometimes gig work gets a bad rap. Uh, you know, like we talk, I think someone mentioned, like, uh, I, I think the moves uh, slogan is a great one. Like gig work is, is real work. You know, we talked about that last week at GigCon and and I think it's also, you know, uh, work that millions and millions of people are embracing every year. Uh, and so there's a very real aspect of that, that, you know, people aren't choosing the shift-based hourly jobs anymore. They're, they're choosing to have control over their time. And, you know, I think we think there's a huge opportunity there to uh, serve and empower that workforce. And, and there's so many more things, like you mentioned, to do, especially around the financial system. It really is not uh, inviting for uh, people who are in business for themselves. Uh, for sure. Everything surrounds being a W-2 kind of in our financial system in the United States. So one of the most important things about being not, not even just a gig worker, but self-employed in general is getting your taxes right. So, I mean, the, the fact that Solo will help you with that is, is pretty freaking incredible to me. But I want to talk to you for a moment about the one that comes up the most, and that is the guaranteed earnings. Why, yeah. why don't you run us through that? And, and how, did you, how did you get from the idea to implementation? Yeah, yeah, I think it's a great question. And, and it's one of the most difficult to, to solve, right? And I think that's why the, you know, we've seen a lot of people really embrace uh, that feature as we got going here. Uh, it started with, frankly, uh, conversations at the SeaTac parking lot about three years ago. Uh, summer of 2020, it was COVID. It was a little bit awkward. Like when you got a mask on, you're knocking yeah. people's windows and being like, hey, can I talk to you? Uh, and um, Especially and, in Seattle. Yeah, yeah. And Seattle, well, there's, yeah, there's like security at the Seattle lot. You know, yeah, people are like, no. Car. Yeah, yeah. People were like, please don't talk to me. So yeah. we got shot down a lot in that process. But uh, we did hear from a lot of people that, you know, while taxes and expenses and everything else is, yeah, important. What we heard way more often was like, hey, I got to go out there and knock down 300 bucks today. Or I got to, you know, I got to go hit, you know, 2000 this week because, you know, I've got a big, you know, XYZ thing coming up in my life. And so we started to say like, hey, maybe like it's not, you know, taxes are important, but that's not what's top of mind. Expenses are important. It's not what's top of mind, mileage, et cetera. It's really how much am I going to go earn today? And that's a really anxiety inducing problem for a lot of people when you don't know what you're going to earn. And so we, you know, started working with some of the data and ultimately pulled together over the uh, course of the first year, a product that ingested income data from all the different app-based platforms that I'm sure many of your viewers, you know, work with. 
And we started to make those apples to apples. We started to, you know, give people insights around how hourly earnings change, go up and then come down depending on the day of the week, the week of the uh, month, the month of the, the year, you know, seasonality we'll talk about in a second. And, you know, what was really cool is that you saw people start to change their schedule and optimize their time a little bit with the smart schedule that we offer. So they were picking, you know, jobs that were going to pay them the most at peak times. And then they'd switch jobs over to another job that was going to peak, you know, later in the evening or something like that. Mm -hmm. And so we saw people start to earn, you know, substantially more money, uh, 30 to 40% more here in Seattle. Uh, and then as we kind of got more comfortable with the data and how, you know, certain we could be with it. That's when we then introduced the pay guarantee. And, and the pay guarantee is, uh, for those that don't know, essentially we build up your schedule with you for your day. We show you how much we predict you're going to earn. And if for some reason you go out there, you work those jobs, you accept jobs during that hour, right? You're actively working in a, you know, the main part of the city. There's a few criteria, of course. But if you go out there and do that, we'll top you up at the end of the day. You know, if you come up and we think you're going to make a hundred bucks and you make 90, we'll, we'll cover that last 10 for you. Uh, and we do that via um, our pay guarantee credit system where it's 25 cents per hour, basically. And, um, you know, if you want to guarantee eight hours of work with us, that's $2 up front. You keep all the upside. If you come up short, we make up the difference for you. And, um, you know, that kind of solves a slightly different, you know, part of the problem of I want to know what I'm going to earn and I want to make sure I don't earn less than this. Right. So we try to help yeah. on both facets for the smart schedule and the pay guarantee program. So I, I just, uh, sorry. Sorry, I've been dominating. Go ahead. It's okay. No, I just remember when we chatted a couple months ago and this is what resonated with me. So um, Solo is growing, obviously big time and it's been going into many more cities out there but what i've been telling everybody because this is what resonated with me is and you can correct me if i'm wrong that in order for it to get to more cities more people have to sign up the more people sign up in certain cities the better data you get on your end so i've been telling everybody in new jersey get on the ball and get on solo so solo can come no, to everywhere in new jersey <laughs> that's exactly right so how we actually do it under the hood uh is we uh we now across the country i uh, have about more than 180 million job data points you know from the community that have, have signed up and, you know, what that does is it allows us to then, you know, take all that information, we strip it away of anything personal, of course, it's just a trip or a job at that point in our database. And we say, oh, okay, this trip happened from 5.14 p.m. I'm in Seattle. So, you know, 5.14 p.m. to 5.31 p.m. on DoorDash, this person made $11. Uh, and we can start to piece together at a city level kind of what the uh, actual expected earnings will be across the market. So you kind of get like a market price for your time across these different jobs, how you could think about what we offer in the smart schedule. But Kim, to your point, we do need a certain amount of information, right, from uh, people joining to then offer that back, you know, to the, to the workforce. And so uh, it is something where we're now in 52 major uh, metros across the country. We're in uh, everywhere from California to New York, Tulsa, Miami, Orlando, up to Seattle and Portland. Um, so we've got kind of all corners of the country now. And I know that was something we got a little bit of crap about, you know, over the course of the past years, like, <laughs> why aren't you in my city? Uh, and we were working on it. Um, but the good news is we're in, uh, you know, 50 plus metros now, and we're going to uh, open up additional cities. As you mentioned, like, as we get more information and we uh, feel like we can confidently give you an accurate prediction, because if we were to open up in too many places right now, you'd kind of see information that might be all over the place, right? So we want to give you something that's trustworthy that you can rely on and that you can plan your day around. So you shared some really interesting data with us and I'm dying to get into that. Uh, first, we actually want to read a plug about our sponsor, Solo. Oh, I appreciate Thank it. Thank you, Bryce. Absolutely. So Solo <laughs> is today's sponsor of oh. Money Hungry. Um, we're all familiar with the uncertainty that comes with not knowing exactly how much you're going to make home on, you're going to take home on a given day and feeling like you have to guess when the best times to work are. That's why we should all be using Solo. Solo is a mobile app that aims to provide gig workers with more income by using real earning data to predict the best days and times to work and putting those insights directly into your hands 
Solo Smart Schedule feature allows you to optimize your schedule and guarantee your earnings, meaning that if you don't make as much as Solo predicts, they will pay you the difference. Here's how it works. After you download the Solo app and link your app-based platforms, build your optimal schedule using Solo Smart Schedule. Use these credits to guarantee your, your hours. One credit equals one hour and complete at least one trip to be eligible for the guarantee. Solo continues to lead the way in providing workers with the tools they need to maximize their income and, max, uh, and optimize their time, guaranteeing over 10 million in workers' earnings. Solo smart schedule and pay guarantee features are now available in all major U.S. metros including New York City and LA. Don't worry if you're not currently working in those areas, you can still experience the benefits of Solo through automatic mileage, income, and expense tracking that helps save you time and money when tax season comes around. Guarantee your pay and experience why over 150,000 solopreneurs are using Solo to better manage their gig business by starting your 14-day risk-free trial today. And thank you to Solo for sponsoring Money Hungry. So guys, thank you both. You, Appreciate it. You're going to you're going to get a pay guarantee, you're going to get help with taxes, you're going to get an automatic mileage tracker. This app is awesome. There's a link in the description. Click it. You will yeah, not regret so it. Before we go into the slides, I, I just want to say real quick, and I get this a lot when I get questions on Solo. And Bryce, you might get this too. I'm assuming you get this too a lot. That a pay guarantee is my area. I get, well, I can't use Solo. I'm like, no, fault. You can use Solo. It's amazing. Like you don't have to be have the pay guarantee. There are so many different other features besides the pay guarantee and the smart scheduling that I personally use as a gig worker that help me out immensely. So um, you just kind of quickly go over some of those extra features that, you know, if you don't have pay guarantee, it's good for all gig workers. Yeah, 100 percent. Obviously, like some of the unique stuff we do is the smart schedule and the pay guarantee like we talked about. But you need some pretty basic administrative tools as well to do this, right? Uh, and so uh, you, we also track, you know, automatically all of your income across different jobs that we support. So anything from Roadie to DoorDash to uh, uh, Uber and Lyft, of course, the big ones. So we, we help track all that automatically. We, uh, you can add your expenses. So if you have kind of one-off expenses around your vehicle, phone bill, et cetera, the solo subscription as well, that's all tax deductible. So you want to track it in there so we can plug it into your taxes at the end of the year. And then, as you mentioned, we do the uh, mileage tracking. That's a huge part of what we do. And, and that automatically actually lines up when you work. So if you use our automatic mileage tracker, go out there, keep the app on in the background, drive, do your work. We'll automatically know when you were moving and when you were working and classify those miles for you. Uh, and then that all feeds into having your taxes ready to go, both in terms of a projection right now for what you might owe at the end of the year, but also then we will help you file your taxes. We work with a great partner, Colin Tax, that uh, actually integrates with our app and we, we have it all right there uh, available either in app or on desktop. And we're adding a bunch of stuff for the next tax year uh, in that uh, kind of arena as well. So uh, we try to make sure you've got kind of like when, where, what job do I work today with the smart schedule pay guarantee? And then obviously like, hey, we can help you manage your business uh, with kind of the business in a box side of things too. So taxes are difficult enough for gig workers. They, they get extremely convoluted and, and it's a pain. So the fact that not only will you guys help track the miles and you know that's a huge write-off for for gig workers it's the biggest the fact, one right oh oh 100 but the yeah. fact that you guys will help actually file the taxes is like next level so the the automatic mileage tracker guys that right there it makes the app worth it and the fact that you know you're going to get guaranteed earnings again sorry uh description i, I get excited talking about this stuff uh the it's in the description just click the link um you sent over some very interesting data points that I would love to take a look at. Yeah, yeah, let's do First, it. It's oh, a little sneak peek, oh, yeah. Oh, you oh. you have your own slide, dun dun dun. Oh, we do this every, we do this <laughs> yeah. every time, we always forget about this, so. Uh, <laughs> I was slightly Bryce, younger <laughs> when this photo was taken, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. So, um, Kim, let's, yeah, let's go ahead and jump to this. Uh, so explain what we're looking at here. The, these numbers are fascinating. 
Yeah. So one of the things we try to like, so if, you know, you go back 10 years and when Keith, my co-founder and I were in the company, what, one of the things we did at Uber and, uh, is we kind of understood that every city had different seasonality, right? And so we're here in Seattle. So, you know, uh, we're looking at it from that lens, but Las Vegas has its own seasonality. If you're in Miami, Florida, if you're in New York, right? Your city has unique weather patterns, uh, you know, travel and tourism patterns, you have major events, et cetera. But they were actually pretty predictable year over year. And, you know, after three, four years at Uber, we started to realize you could kind of count on earnings climbing and then falling in the summer and then coming back up in the winter. And, you know, this is one of the most basic things we said, hey, we could actually bring this to, to workers uh, and start to show them and help them understand kind of in their city best months to work. And then within this, you know, this is what our app does is it breaks it down by the actual platform, breaks it down by the week, day, hour, right? So this is like a very high level view. But for example, here, what you're looking at is uh, in Seattle, uh, the, uh, the average hourly earnings by month for the city of Seattle and Seattle surrounding areas. Uh, and what you'll see here, right, is some pretty substantial changes over time, right? In, in, G in Seattle, right, we, we, it's pretty rainy all winter. Uh, and so say. for us, yeah, <laughs> so in January to March, like it's pretty quiet. There's just not a lot of events happening. Uh, you know, there's not much going on. Everyone's kind of stayed inside. And so you can see how far earnings plummet down to $21 an hour. And this is across ride sharing, food delivery, grocery, and parcel. So this is an aggregate. But then it climbs through the spring all the way up to April, May, uh, and June before it kind of tapers off in the summer. Everyone kind of goes away. They start to go on vacation, right? They may be doing less things where they're getting in a car, ordering food. And it slowly comes back as we get into the holidays. And, and that's where you see in Q4 here, right? It really picks up. Uh, and you see that, you know, your peak earnings month is actually in December, but with a very quick drop off every January. And so yeah. this is some of the kind of information that we bring, not only at an aggregate level, but we can bring it to you all the way down to the hourly level. And some of the things as a worker, you should understand because this is a 20% swing in your earnings, right? Uh, it's a, that's a big difference. If you're thinking about, uh, kind of depending on this work, especially as a full-time worker, uh, you want to understand kind of how, how your city moves and changes over time. So this graph exists for every city out there, not just Seattle. And so you can, um, you can kind of see those granular level insights in the solo app. This is actually pretty on par with what I see in my market as well. January always takes a nosedive. August is terrible. December's fantastic. So this is, yeah, this is fairly fairly consistent with what I experienced. So it's it's interesting to see that Seattle is kind of similar. So down the road, I'd love to see some data on like Vegas or LA or Miami yeah. or something, if, if you're willing to share that. Uh, we should definitely do it. Yeah, happy to yeah. share it. Um, because the, Vegas, for example, right, is such a, an interesting city when it comes to seasonality, oh, right? Like uh, very event dependent, a little bit off cycle. Uh, summer's pretty hot. You know, everyone wants to be there in the fall and the winter. Um, but uh, happy to share that kind of information. Appreciate it. I find, so, I find, I just real quick, I find this fascinating when I see stuff like this as a gig worker, because we all know that January, I feel like we come to a crashing halt. So for some of us, summertime, like we slow down also like incredibly. And it's interesting for me to see this because for me, I'm a saver. So especially when a gig work, because you have your peaks and your valleys. So when you have your peaks, you know, okay, I can, you know, go, you know, go hustle and go, you know, make my money and still put away money. So that way, when yep. I know my slow seasons are coming, okay, I have a little bit of a nest egg and it'll get me through some of the slower seasons. So like when I look at this, I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to be making money here. I'm going to be saving money here for when it's slow here. So it's really interesting to see it throughout the entire year. Yeah, I think it's a great point, Kim. And like what we see some people do, right, is they even load up during like the high earnings periods, right? You know, in the, in the late spring and the winter. And we see some people actually like take August off, for example, here, right? Or January, mm -hmm. February off, yeah. they'll like go either do something else, just relax, you know, take a little bit of time away, but then they'll hit it hard during the other times of the year where they make more per hour. So th there's a lot of different ways to play it. And I agree on the savings part, super important to think about. We have another slide here. Why don't we take a look at that, Kim? Yep. So uh, Bryce, uh, just 
making sure I'm understanding this uh, this graph correctly here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What yeah. is the top earner on this graph uh, between DoorDash, Uber Eats, and uh, GoPuff? Yeah, so this is uh, so we what we wanted to do was show some trends. You know, this is a, a small little slice, right, of what you uh, can see in the app. But uh, this is earnings per hour across the country. So this isn't just Seattle. Across, you know, some of the major apps uh, that we see, DoorDash, Uber Eats, GoPuff. Of course, we didn't include ride sharing and a few of the others on here. But what's really interesting is since January of this year, uh, we've actually seen, and I know DoorDash, you know, it, it can be a controversial platform. They're doing some interesting stuff. We've actually seen earnings, at least in our data, move from about 1250 1260 an hour all the way up to 14 plus in July. And in turn, even though Uber Eats is still netting more money for people, uh, it's fallen 5%, which is really interesting, huh. right? And so what you see is usually like some interesting components of market dynamics playing out where DoorDash might be a little bit more aggressive with certain aspects of their pay for orders. And on the flip side, Uber Eats is, you know, maybe paying a little bit less now uh, over the course of the last six months. And so it, it doesn't seem like a lot, but that can be almost a full dollar of, of earnings, right? <laughs> So this is fascinating to look at for me for two reasons. Uh, number one, Kim is wrong. And number shocked. two, I am not wrong. <laughs> Uber Eats is clearly on top there. And this is from the entire country, Kim. But I and digress. I'm going to so, say who has the biggest market share. Oh, wait, that would be Dorian. <laughs> yeah, okay, we'll, we'll debate about this later. We don't want to waste Bryce time. Uh, so... Uh, this is like actually visualizing this actually makes a lot of sense. It was something that I couldn't really have put together on my own without looking at this. But when we start seeing this, um, this sort of downtick with Uber, that's about the time that they started messing with base pay. So, I mean, like, you know, I, I was thinking about uh, back to this a few days ago. And I was thinking, when did they start messing with this? And it's about the time we see that first kind of down. Yep. So, you know, that that's really telling. I mean, that at, at a glance, this looks really accurate. So, yeah, it yeah. really makes me want to see like a market like Miami or Vegas. Um, So what what do you think happened with GoPuff here? Yeah, I think GoPuff had like an interesting, um, you know, go uh, not to uh, that's a bad pun. It's a bad play on words there. <laughs> but like, um, I, it's been interesting because, right, I think they've been investing a bunch in their driver app and trying to make the experience a little bit better. They're obviously trying to catch up to the DoorDashes of the world and the Ubers and Lyfts who've been around a bit longer. Uh, I think they experienced some interesting seasonality in the like kind of um, like we showed in the last graph, right? It can be app and platform dependent, not just city dependent, right? So that's why we bring all these insights together in one place. Uh, so that like you can look at not only your city, but also these different platforms. And in GoPuff's case, right, they had a really, you know, uh, pretty rough February in terms of pay. That could be they took away incentives. That could be they lowered, you know, base rate on, on the jobs. And then they kind of, I think, probably realized that might be a little low. They probably lost some market share and they brought that back, you know, up in uh, kind of to parity with DoorDash uh, from March onwards. But still, even, you know, uh, on looking at the last seven months, you're seeing compression, right, of what they're paying uh, their couriers. And, and that can, um, you know, that can be a signal of kind of their, how they're thinking about their unit economics and their growth. And so as a worker, right, you're looking at this and saying, hey, you know, maybe GoPuff's not the, the play right now in my city, but, you know, DoorDash is on the up and, and Uber Eats is still, you know, a bit higher, but definitely a little bit uh, on the decline over the past couple months. So if I were... A GoPuff driver, I'd be really grateful to have Solo in February. Like that would be. Look at that. That that like saved the day. Yeah, and I think what's you know what's so interesting, Zach, is that uh, you know you see some people. We we talk with a lot of workers, and you know how often people will say, "Well, I've got my one job that I do. You know, I've got my one like platform, maybe two, and it kind of depends." But you know, I'll, I'll I'll usually stick with one, and we try to like you know really. Uh, advocate for, you know, you should wake up every day and be like, who's going to bid the highest for my time? Uh, and, you know, and, and that's really, you're, you're a small business, right? You're a business of one. And, you know, you're not loyal to any one of these platforms. Uh, however, they're, you know, they can bid on your time and, and ultimately give you the best jobs to help you make the most money. And, 
And so that's what we try to empower you to do, right? Is hopefully you have, you know, three, four, five jobs available to you. You can wake up every day and say, hey, I want to work in the morning and late evening and go in there and slot in the jobs that are going to pay you the most. So we take all this data and we put it into a calendar format so that you can see this on an hour and by hour basis. And like you mentioned, like there's stuff that happens like this with GoPuck that could really ruin your February, right? If you go from making <laughs> yeah. your 15 bucks a month to 12 bucks or $15 an hour to $12 an hour, that's a pretty, that's a, I mean, right there, a 20% drop. That's pretty brutal. That's, that's yeah. brutal. So wow. this stuff is just fascinating to look at. Um, Bryce, I know you are a busy man and you've got some things you need to do tonight. So uh, is there anything else you wanted to, uh, to mention before, before you take off? Uh, no, I really, well, look, really appreciate it. Uh, you know, it, both everything you two and the whole group that we met up with in Denver does for the community. You know, I, I know some people will be like, okay, yeah, Solo sponsored the, the episode tonight. But like, that's, I mean, for us, it's investing back into the people that bring this community together, right? Because it is a job where it can be lonely, where you don't meet up in the same place. You don't get a chance to network and communicate. And so I think, uh, you know, the whole team here thinks you guys do an amazing job and, and just very uh, excited to continue to grow with uh, the whole community. We have a lot more to do. Uh, we, we do what we do today, but, uh, and are going to continue to grow, uh, you know, across uh, the country, but there's so many more services and benefits and things that we can build for this community. That's going to make your life hopefully easier so that you can embrace that flexibility, you know, without having a lack of stability. And so, um, thank you for having me on tonight. I'm in this very hot WeWork room. The sun is like beating <laughs> down on me right now. So I'm like also Just like looking forward to getting out of this room. But <laughs> send it like 90 miles north, man. I'll, I'll be happy to take it. This doesn't happen in Seattle very often. Uh, yeah, yeah. But no, thank you so much uh, for letting me come on and share some insights. And like you said, uh, there's lots more at, at uh, check us out at worksolo.com or uh, work solo or solo in the App Store, both uh, Apple or iOS and Android. So thank you so much for having, having us on. Is in, and the link yeah, is the link yeah, is exactly. Yeah. So uh, Bryce Bennett, CEO of Solo, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate you. Thank, thank you, you so Zach. Much Thanks, Kim. Everybody have should night, actually guys. have Solo at this point. That's the only thing I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> thank you both. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Take Bye. care, Bryce. That was cool. That was cool. He, he, he's, he's, a, he's a fun dude to talk to in person, too. He really is. The whole entire so. solo team was absolutely oh, yeah. fantastic. Um, Gemma, who was um, part of the solo team as well, she yeah. designed these t-shirts. Um, a great right partner. I know she did. I know. Um, a great partner to have. And um, I can't say enough great things. I personally use solo. So like I'm literally that person that uses it because I believe in the product. So for sure, I feel, like I said, I feel like everybody should have it at, at this point. It's, it's <laughs> always fantastic when we work with sponsors that are just like, it just clicks. It's like, yes, I love this. So like, let me just share the vision. So uh, yeah. anyway, um, let's, let's move on. Uh, we want to talk to you guys about a story where a DoorDash customer claims that a driver uh, attacked and assaulted them. So you're going to have to kind of read in the middle there. So this, this was not a fun story to read, Kim. This was not. Um, there are a couple so, reasons why uh, I think we chose this to put in here because there were some, in my opinion, some alarming things that happened mm -hmm. in here from a safety perspective and also a DoorDash perspective, which I was not happy about reading this no. article. So no. first of all, there was a woman and she was 18 years old and she ordered from DoorDash. A couple weeks later, um, I'm going to give you like the really shortened version, the longer version, but a couple of weeks later, two weeks later, I think it was. Anyway, this guy came back and actually got into her home broke and in. broke into her home and did not good things to her. And um, it resulted in an, in an assault. So, uh, so this lady, like we said, was 18 years old. Uh, so the woman and her roommate were uh, McDonald's on DoorDash on February 12th, 2022, uh, unaware of what was about to happen. So 
the incident raises questions about the responsibility of companies like DoorDash in ensuring the safety of the customers and the effectiveness of the background check systems. So, I, guys, let us know in the comments. Do you? I I struggle with this one. Do you guys think that DoorDash plays any role in what allegedly happened to this girl? Any I role think it very. I don't think she they're solely responsible. I think there is a civil I'll be honest, I don't know the law. I am not a lawyer, but to me, I feel like she does have a civil case. I honestly I didn't read how much the civil case was for. I don't know whether they mentioned it in here. You know, obviously the whole blame is on this person who assaulted this of poor course. 18 year old. That's where the blame lies. Of course. But if DoorDash actually had proper checks on their drivers, <laughs> would yeah. this have even happened? I guess that's what I am struggling with in this. Mm. And, you know, for DoorDash to completely reject any responsibility in this, I mean, I guess their their lawyers are probably like, deny, 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 deny. But I don't know. I have a hard time with that. Uh, so I have a couple trains of thought here. Um I mean, Uber Eats makes us verify, right? We just, every so often, they actually, you know what, come to think of it, I haven't seen it in a while, but they, they do make us verify. And DoorDash has had me verify once ever. Once. Once. So, yeah. I, look, I we did a story a month or so back about people buying Uber Eats and DoorDash accounts on Facebook. So there is the possibility that this wasn't even this driver's account because I, I mean, like, let's be real. We're all background checked. You know, I, I don't know how thorough checker is, but we are all background checked unless of course, you know, the, the account was hacked or sold or something like that. And it got to the hands of somebody with nefarious intentions. Yeah. I can I struggle with this one. Like I I think I struggle with it because the personal side of me, my heart goes out to this poor girl. And of course. She's, a te she's a teenager. She's not even an adult yet. And she had to live through something like this. I guess as a mom, like my Alec, I, I just can't even imagine my daughter. Granted, she's only six, but I can only imagine like somebody going through something like this. Um, like I said, I think the whole burden does fall onto the person who attacked her, but I still think, and we've talked about this before, especially on the show, there has to be some kind of stronger background checks, at least from DoorDash's standpoint. To your point, I've only had to verify myself once and how many months ago was that when they rolled that out? And I'm like, at least like Uber, like spots checks you every yeah. once in a while heck i would be i'll be in the middle of doing a dash and i'm like okay let me turn on uber I'm like no nope, check your take your picture i'm like Damn. yeah um so, so tony, tony makes a good point here he says background uh background checks can't catch future crimes and that's very true it is that's, that's very true right like you you never know i mean somebody could be absolutely unhinged and deranged and keep it together keep it together keep it together keep it together and then one day something happens and they freaking snap right and all of a sudden, you know, something horrible happens. So that's but that's a very I valid. Correctly, could be, this could have been another. There was another assault article, and I could be mixing these up. I didn't put them in because I'm like, okay, one assault article is enough for tonight. But I'm like, was this the one though that he did have a criminal background, and he was waiting? No. On okay, that was another I, article. I don't, I no, I think that was a different one. Okay. So, I, you know, guys, the, just a reminder. Do it, do whatever you feel necessary to protect yourself. You know, usually this is the other way around. Usually it's something screwed up happening to the driver, but still, you know, always, always take the steps that you deem necessary to protect yourself, whether it's pepper spray, whether it's, you know, uh, you know, like a pocket knife or whatever, you know, if you want to arm yourself, whatever it takes, you know, we, we see these stories way too often and, and it's always tragic and, Kim, I hate reading these. I, I want to go an entire month without having to read any shit like that. Do you think we can do like a whole entire show on positive 
<laughs> stuff about I would, these companies. Can we can we, can we challenge ourselves to do like one show that is just great <laughs> positive articles? You know, we should try that. Uh guys, if you have a positive story, <laughs> Zach at the rideshareguy.com and Kim at the rideshareguy.com. Yeah, share so. them with us. We can do a we can try to do a whole segment. I don't know whether we could. I you know, everything I feel like we get is just negative. Hold on. I it is it's really easy to to focus on the negative, you know, and unfortunately there is a lot of it. But you know, that that's a valid point, Kim. I think that we should uh we should try it. It might it might be our shortest show ever, but we could we could freaking try it, you know. Um, so, uh, uh, Woodcutter, yes, uh, check their website. They should have that on there. Um, actually, and if you want to send me an email, if you can't find it, I will uh, get you a link to that. It is right so, on their website itself um, because I mm -hmm. went to get updated on the cities because um, the, I think it was last month they just got into the very first city in New Jersey and I was so super excited. So it is on their sure. website. Kim, are delivery fees hurting drivers? I think they are. I think so, they are. I think they are. This is just DoorDash. I, you know, I didn't even pull up, you know, Uber's, I just think Uber is just as bad. Uber is just as bad. I mean, even Grubhub is just as bad. I guess my whole entire point of all of this is you, when you actually see it like physically on a piece of paper, how many fees they are, and then we're going to get into base pay of DoorDash in a little bit. And then you see the base pay that we all get as drivers. And then, you know, when you look at these fees, you're like, no wonder why people are eating out or picking up and we might be facing, you know, slowdowns in, so in certain markets. I mean, this like this does, it's like a cause and effect, right? It, yeah, it kind of is, but like, look at this. So I, I think that DoorDash is particularly sneaky too with how they do their fees. So they, if you take a look at the one on the right, so uh, you've got your subtotal, uh, your delivery fee, and then you have your fees and estimated tax. So they're, they're putting the fees in two different places. So they're hoping that people aren't reading this. I had, uh, I ordered DoorDash back in May. I ordered two sub sandwiches and I ended up spending something like like 15 or 16 dollars or something crazy just in fees that's crazy I didn't put so, it on here but there was I was going to put it I was going to talk about it last week and I didn't I keep forgetting about it but I came across a somebody had posted it I forget where whether it was reddit or facebook one of the fees that they had on doordash was a dasher fee it, it was like DoorDash driver fee or something like that. Was it was it Dash or support fee? Yes, that's what it was. So that was probably in New Orleans or not New Orleans. Uh, oh, that's right. The Baton um, Rouge. Yes, I forgot about yeah, that. But so, still. Yeah. So real quick, since we brought that up, that is a fee. So customers in Baton Rouge are not able to tip their drivers until the order is, has been picked up. So that means that if you were a Dasher in Baton Rouge you're not seeing tips if you see anything above 275 which is their base pay it's because there was peak pay so but if you see something like that from a customer's perspective don't you automatically assume wow this dasher is getting i'm making this up 399 well, 4.99 like the mental like it messes with the mentality of the, uh, the, of the customer, which is what I think these uh, feeds are doing too. Of course. I've had customers like on YouTube specifically flat out argue with me. You guys get paid a lot. I'm like, the fuck? No. <laughs> like, no, we don't. Why? Like, where's that coming from? But yeah, I mean, like, like look at this. Like, uh, they're paying three a $3 delivery fee, right? And then $11.20 in, uh, in fees and taxes. So obviously we can't do anything about the taxes. It is what it is. Nobody likes it, but you know, it's part of life. So, but I mean, for them to pay that much, I, I think it's a safe assumption that a driver is getting more than $2 or even worse, $1, which we'll talk about here in a minute. But 
So I'm making this up. So the, the very first one on the left-hand side, $24.99. We're going to use McDonald's as a good example. Say this is two Big Mac meals because on DoorDash, they're absolute, it's absolutely yeah, crazy how much right. a Big Mac meal is. But if you think about it, it's probably like 12 bucks for a large it, Big Mac meal on DoorDash. So yeah. I'm going to assume we'll make this up for a McDonald's. So for a McDonald's, two Big Mac meals, this person is paying close to 40, like it looks like close to almost $40 for two Big Mac meals. Yeah. Like that's, yeah, cra crazy. Like, that's crazy. So, and, and, and then on top of that, they're charging this customer a $6 delivery fee out of yeah. which chances are that driver's getting $2, $2.50, right? If, if, they're, if they're really lucky, if they're in one of those big baller markets, they might be making 275. So yeah, That's customers get, yeah, customers see this shit, right? They see the delivery fee and then the, the, the fees and estimated tax, right? So I mean, like right, right there, we're going to call that uh, six and sevens, uh, $13, right? And then on top of that $13, they're now being asked to tip. Of course, yeah. they're not going to want to tip us. They're going to close the freaking app and go get it themselves. I've done that. I've been like, I've fuck that. this shit. And I've bounced to the store and gotten in my damn self. I want to know, and you guys can leave it in the chat right now, how many of you guys, and this is me, this is totally me, I was like religiously ordering DoorDash during pandemic times, minimum like one to two times a week, and then the rest I would cook because this girl wasn't cooking seven days a week, even though I was home. So... I went from ordering, I'm even going the bare minimum once a week on DoorDash. Now I look at DoorDash and go, yeah, no, I'm going to go pick it up myself. Like I stopped using DoorDash all together because I'm like, I'm not paying this. So how many of you in the chat right now used it during pandemic and then said, nope, I'm going to go pick it up? So I used to order a little bit myself, but generally it was after I'd pull like a $300 day, you know, 250 300 bucks. <laughs> and then I'm like, you know what? I'm going to splurge. I'm going to have somebody else bring it to me. So I, I still order from time to time. But I mean, I got to seriously be like in a jam or just too busy to cook, you know. So I, let, do let us know in the in the chat or in the replay if you guys actually use these platforms yourself or if you just drive for them. Um. I, so, I just know. I just I guess for me, it was an eye opening kind of experiment when I was looking at a lot of these people who are posting their delivery fees and I'm like, yeah. wow, I know I haven't ordered in a while, but maybe this really is why like we're, we're seeing slowdowns in a lot of our markets because people are just going to go grab their food. So I did, you know what? I thought I was done with my, my rant, but I'm not sorry. Here we go again. Round two. Uh, I did a video months and months back, uh, probably like last December. And you know, it doesn't matter. I did a video a while back about how the Seattle City Council was trying to impose a cap on delivery fees. So basically, DoorDash is like, oh, we want to charge the customer 10 bucks for, for this freaking order. And the Seattle City Council is like, no, no, you could charge them four. So DoorDash was lobbying hard against this. And they were sending shit out to their drivers, sending a bunch of BS out to their drivers about how this is going to negatively impact their earnings, blah, 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 we're DoorDash. And it, the thing that pisses me off, Kim, I don't drive in Seattle. I drive a, almost 100 miles north, and I still got that fucking email. Wow. I even got that email. They were wanting people to call legislators in Seattle, lawmakers in Seattle, and harass them because they wanted to extort money from customers and restaurants. And they didn't give a damn whether the drivers were actually in that market or not. Kind of reminds you of Dash Roots, doesn't it? <sighs> kind of, yeah. So, you know what? Maybe, just maybe, they would like quadruple their business if the fees weren't through the freaking roof. Oh, yeah. And on top of that, you're also going to spend a marked up, uh, uh, you're, you're also going to have a um, they're going to mark up the food. I can't articulate myself right now. I'm getting too mad. <laughs> so, yeah. I, like, I, I saw well, something in your... the comments. No, go ahead. I saw something in the comments here. Uh, I got I to gotta figure out. Actually, there's two really good comments in here I want to read. Um, I, sorry, I can't find the first one. So my apologies. I, I, we would have put it up here if I could find it. But basically, it said, um, I've gotten as far as the checkout screen, saw the price, and was like no so yeah. 
Oh, here it is. Uh, it's uh, from 847 your time, the Nintendo 504. Me, I stopped when I saw the price. Mm. Yeah. So, and then <laughs> another good one was from uh, Sinful Toaster. And it says people still tipping like it's the 1990s. I saw that. <laughs> that oh, is <laughs> super true. That is so true. I, 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 don't, I don't know if I just tip it, it, it exceptionally well or what but like i see some of these tips come through on doordash i'm like man really like but again with those fees they probably assume we're making a hell of a lot more than we really are i think that's the biggest misconception i just think i think customers just have this big misconception that drivers get paid a lot of money from a lot of these gig companies and i think they're very unaware of how low we can go. So I need you to save some of that anger and um, talk about low. Let's talk about low. <laughs> to add insult to injury, DoorDash is also expanding $1 base pay. Kim, I need to, I need to wind down for a minute. I know. So this has been rolled out for a little while in very select markets. This is coming back around because it got rolled out two more markets this past week. I always put this, we always put this stuff in here because I never want anybody to be like, oh my God, when did this happen? Why is it happening to me? Um, so now on stacked orders in many more markets, you are not going to see a, you know, a combined $4 base pay. They are now going to be paying you $2 for a stacked order as the base two pay. Bucks. <laughs> two bucks. One, two. Kim, I've seen orders going 20 miles. Well, I 20. looked at I looked at it as something even more negative, and I'm not normally a negative person in general. But if if <laughs> And this is the way I looked at it. I didn't look at it as a dollar per order. I looked at it as if, and we're no, we know DoorDash is famous for doing this. If they put a no-tip order in with a bigger order, essentially, you are doing that order for free. Yeah. So, and I want to be clear, Uber has something in the terms of service that gives them the right to do that too. And and like actually potentially for free, literally, if the customer doesn't tip. But this is about DoorDash. Uh, Kim, two summers back, they sent out an email talking about how they were increasing the base pay for longer mileage orders. Mm -hmm. and, I still have that uh, they email, were, by the way. Oh, so do I, because I like to remind drivers about that all the time. Me too. So, uh, I, I have they, <laughs> So, yeah, for longer mileage orders, they were supposed to raise the base pay. And for short orders, they uh, slashed the base pay. So, of course, the base pay did get slashed, but they pulled a bait and switch on us. And the longer mileage trips, we're not seeing any more money for them. No. You can see a freaking 20-mile order in my market for 275 It's rare, but it happens. So what ha I Kim there there needs to be something like you and I you and I just sat down with a senator right We did And and that was really cool So uh, it was we'll, probably we'll, one of and we're going to go into highlights uh, yeah. in uh, towards the end and uh, you know we're running short on time um yeah. but I think that was probably one of the highlights I had from our trip because yeah. I felt like he was really receptive to hearing mm -hmm. what we had to say. And I don't think he really understood until we were giving him examples of what we were talking about. I just wish more government officials were as receptive as he was talking to us. So there was a comment in here earlier, um, basically that said that the government should be able to dictate prices. I, I agree with that to an extent, uh, however, there's a difference between, you know, being able to charge what you want fairly and there's just price gouging, right? So the reason that the apps charge so much in fees is because they all do it and they can get away with it. So there's a difference, in my opinion, between fair and price gouging. And I think we're seeing price gouging, but that, that's just, you know, my perspective. So I, I'm a firm believer at the end of the day, if you just made the fees reasonable, 
and you were honest with the customers about how much the driver is going to earn, their business would go through the roof and we would be fine financially. Just give us all the information, give the customers all the information, lower the fees by like 50% and their business would probably quadruple. Yeah, I think one of the, you know, and we also got to talk to Stephanie V. Hill of Colorado as well. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the best things, at least in my opinion, about the bill that she was trying to pass for Colorado is it actually had full transparency for the driver and also for the customer. So there's no second guessing what the driver is getting paid and what the, you know, there's full transparency. And I think that was kind of the, one of the best things that to me came out of it. And yes, I think part of it, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, was also that they couldn't charge like these like ridiculous, you know, price gouging fees as well, if I'm not mistaken. Don't quote me on that though. Um, but anyway, um, I just feel like if we can get more legislation like that um, involved I, I, I in some of this so. stuff. I'm always really nervous. Sorry to cut you off, by the way. No, I'm okay. always really nervous when the government starts getting involved I because I, I, I'm the kind of person that I don't I I don't want anybody telling me what I can and can't do. Right. But I'm also I, I'm not going to lie, cheat and steal to people. You know, I, yeah. like I'm going to police myself and be an upstanding person. But we don't see that with the apps. Right. They're, they're just out for money, which is which is fine. But there comes a point where it's detrimental to the customers, it's detrimental to the restaurants, and it's definitely, definitely detrimental to the drivers. So I think it, there comes a point, which is probably right fucking now, where we need to start having some common sense legislation. Like just simple stuff. Like you can't charge 40% in fees. Like that common sense, you know, you can't charge, you, you, you can't charge the customer a $10 delivery fee, you yeah. know, that, that's a bit high, but you get my point. And then turn around and give the driver who's actually doing the delivery 20% of that. Yeah. Like th- there just needs to be some common sense stuff here. So uh, anyway, I'm going to get off my soapbox. I want to run through one more story really quick. Uh, th- this is going to be a super quick story. It is, uh, but it's kind of, it's funny, but not funny at the same time. Funny, not funny. Yeah. So uh, we have all heard... <laughs> <laughs> about drivers getting their uh, a car stolen. You know, it, it's horrible. It's unfortunate, but it does happen from time to time. A driver in Lincoln, Nebraska uh, was dropping off an order uh, when they saw their car driving away. Well, turns out the person who stole their car was a 12-year-old. <sighs> Ready for this? 12-year-old girl. <laughs> so, hey, you know what? I... Hey. <laughs> Nobody was hurt. Uh, no the one was hurt. driver, you know, hopefully the driver learned a lesson uh, to not leave their car running when they're, you know, out of it. So uh, the police were able to track down the vehicle uh, using the DoorDash app and later found it. Uh, so the person who stole the car was picked up by the police and will hopefully never do that again. She but, was given uh, probation, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's what the article said. Okay, yeah. So uh you know that's like the lighter side of messed up so i I can stomach this one (laughs) guys i I feel like i say this every time i see a carjacking take your keys with you every delivery just take your please take your keys with you every delivery take your keys with you (sighs) so yeah for sure um if you missed the beginning of the show Kim and I got to meet each other in person for the first time uh, several days ago. So we both attended GigCon 2023 uh, and the Para Rodeo Roundtable event in Denver, Colorado. And we had a hell of a time. We did. So we, it was... Uh, so a couple highlights for me is really, and I think this is what made it so amazing, is we really truly have a great gig worker community, not just content creators, getting to know everybody as a driver and really, you know, really understanding people and really understanding, you know, where everybody came from different parts of the country, which is really awesome. We met someone from Hawaii, which by the way, he's going to be on our show and I'm so super excited. 
Go ahead. We actually, so this is uh, the guy that we talked about a few episodes back who made over a hundred grand in Hawaii. And we're like, we put it out there. We're like, if anybody knows how to get in touch with this guy, send him our way. And then we walk into this room and he's standing right there. <laughs> it was so cool. So, and he's just like, yeah, I'm from Hawaii. I'm like, oh, that driver was, he's like, I am that driver. <laughs> I'm like, we've been trying to get in contact with you. Yep. So it was cool. There were, there was so many amazing people um, there. And it really goes to show you, we have such a strong community of drivers I, that I feel like we united for like a couple of days, which was pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah, there was, it was just a mellow time. Everybody got along. Everybody was happy. It was great. So uh, real quick, you know, I want to give a shout out to a couple people. Um, you know, first of all, uh, Steve uh, Rideshare Rodeo. Yeah. Uh, he put out an, an incredible event where we got to uh, talk with lawmakers and just have a, a conversation with other drivers within the community and uh, about some real, really serious issues that drivers face. Uh, shout out to Pedro. Uh, for putting on GigCon 2023. And, uh, you know, th these two events collectively brought in uh, people from all over the country, right? Like as far yeah. as Hawaii. So um, a shout out to uh, Rideshare Road Warrior Rick. Uh, I got to meet him. He's in the comments. Shout out to Nathaniel. Uh, he was in the comments earlier. Uh, he drove out from Portland uh, to be there for that. Uh, shout out to Red uh, Gig Wars Official. Uh, fantastic to meet you. Uh, Cray Cray. You know, it was awesome to meet you. Uh, is there anybody in here that I'm missing? That Tony. Oh, Tony, the and the oh, Tony mom, definitely. Tony and Lisa. The Drivens. Absolutely. And you know what? Uh, I got to check out Tony's Tesla. I don't know if you did or not, but. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't have time. I was literally, I feel like I flew in. We did the events and I flew right back out. Kim was just like, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, to answer your question, Tony, yes, I am interested in visiting British Columbia soon. I hear there's some uh, very nice scenery. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and we met so many more people. It was just an incredible time. Uh, so. And also a big shout out to David from Para. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he, that's where we, we we stayed at the Para house. So a big shout out to how amazing yeah. David was. So, yeah. you know, we met the solo team face to face. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of like today was the extension of, you know, really talking to the solo team. Um, God, there were so many other companies there. But, you know, I can't say enough fantastic things. And like I said, I feel like one of the highlights was talking to a senator and how open he was because I'll be honest, I didn't think he was going to be open to talking with us. And then we just started talking and I'm like, oh, OK, yeah, let's go. <laughs> he did give us some pushback on on a few of those things. A little bit. Oh, yeah. Shout out to uh, Gary and uh, and his wife, Donna, yep. as well. Yeah, the Middletons for sure. Um, yeah, no, but he, he did give us some pushback. So we're talking about a guy named uh, Priola. I, I can't remember his first name, but um, uh doesn't look like uh tony's a fan of him but uh so stephanie v hill was there and she was the person who wrote the uh the gig worker bill that we were referencing earlier uh, that would have given drivers and customers total transparency so priola is a state senator there and he actually voted against this bill he was supposed to back it and then voted against it so the fact that he was able to Kevin flip flop. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but, but regardless, the the fact that he was, uh, you know, the fact that he voted against it, but then came into the lion's den to hear what we had to say, and then furthermore, get thank you, Christopher. Christopher, thank you so much. We appreciate you. Um, hopefully he's okay with the fires going on. Yeah. Uh, he got cornered by Sergio. Oh, and shout out to Sergio, of course. Oh my God, Sergio! <laughs> of course, we got to meet Sergio, which was freaking awesome. I so, poked uh, him like you're real. <laughs> <laughs> he he is in fact real. So, uh, yeah. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, just just a really incredible event. Um, we we got to do a. Uh, like a content creator dinner, uh, which was hosted by Moves the first night we were there. Um, Kim, unfortunately, didn't make that. But uh, margaritas were on deck. That's all we're going <laughs> to... Nice. <laughs> Man, it was a good time. Uh, it was a good time. It was a good time. Yeah. So 
um yeah and then uh the next day uh friday it was uh patrons event GigCon, so we got to meet you know we get to meet all the people um so and my apologies for missing anybody we we seriously met a ton of incredible people so hannibal uh, hannibal, oh, trade, hannibal. trader trader yep yep oh my so God, just there, were some, really, there were so many people really there awesome. was one couple which i thought their story was just so amazing so they literally traveled the country dashing literally all all the major cities across the country which i thought was absolutely truly amazing for sure and also uh shout out to steve's son max who <laughs> is uh working on getting his driver's license and uh was brave enough to drive to denver international airport at night and deal That's with impressive. that crazy tra traffic to pick up uh david pickerel uh from para so definitely um guys uh we're probably going to do this again next year at least i think i'm going to so we would love to meet you next time but anyway uh we're, we're kind of running a little late so let's let's go ahead and wrap this up kim what do you think um i think sure why not why not? i'm like i feel like we can keep going all night right now i guess it's time for the show to end <laughs> yeah so anyway guys uh solo of course our incredible sponsor shout out to them uh if you haven't yeah. checked out solo yet you tr check them out link is in the description uh risk-free trial so uh you'd be helping yourself get a guaranteed income and you would be supporting the show so it's in the description until next week be safe bye everyone